Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a review, a five-star review if you're able, please. And we talk about judging on this show, so you should learn the criteria, which you can find at abcboxing.com. Dan, let's just address this from the jump. We don't have a ton to talk about today as far as uh, rounds that were were uh, dissenting no, from be- Saturday's yeah. event, right? Yeah, judges were too good. They were, they were. Uh, we had one fight go uh, five full rounds and didn't have any disagreement among the judges. Well, not entirely. We'll get to that one in a minute. Yeah, very minor uh, disagreements. And, and one of the very few. And there really weren't any, I mean, we didn't have any split decisions. We didn't have any situations where anyone was uh, calling for the judges' heads on social media, which is always good. Yeah, They get thank to keep God. their heads. Keep their heads, please. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why don't we just dive right into it, right? We will, before we do, you know, any of the rounds, I guess, let's just talk about that fight. The Kevin Holland uh, chattering his way through uh, losing a decision to Derek Brunson. If I was his coach, I would be livid. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I, that's like the one thing that popped in my head. I'm like, I understand if Kevin Holland is fine with this. Like, I actually kind of do. But if I'm his coach, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I wasting my time? In an in individual sport like MMA, I don't mind the fighter being okay with losing. Yeah. But if this was a team sport, I'd be very upset with my teammate. Uh, if I'm the coach, I'm putting time into this and it, it doesn't seem like it's being taken that all that seriously. And now I, I would be upset from that aspect. Uh, now the one thing I'll say is I I have to think this guy actually cares if he wins or loses. I really do. I I think what he does is just a comfort thing. You know, he it's it's what makes him feel better about whatever he is to go through what he does. You know, for sure. But uh, I wouldn't be talking to Khabib in between rounds. Well, if I that had was a choice, weird. I would be talking to Khabib between rounds because he would be my head coach. Well, but he's not the head coach here. Correct. So. That's where the issue is, of course. But if I did get to choose, if I like talk to Khabib ahead of time, I'm like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna be the guy I'm talking to between rounds. I get it. But yeah, I mean, you got you got a team there that came with you ostensibly to help you, and between first and second round, he was really only talking to Khabib. It looked like it was so strange. I mean, I guess it was it's very it's, weird. It's interesting from a viewer standpoint, but oh yeah, I mean, it was totally so... entertaining. I mean, it took what probably could have been kind of a run of the mill you know, five round decision that went very clearly one guy's way. It made it more interesting, which I appreciate, but yeah, I, I can understand if I, if I was his coach, I agree. I'd feel that I'd feel just as the way uh, you think they would. Yeah. But I mean, Derek Brunson won the fight. It wasn't all that impressive. Wasn't, but he did what he had to do to win and, and he, he won. So he was, you know, he, he executed that patient approach that he talked about on the broadcast and some of the, in the, in the promo video they showed, he spoke to me about it. Uh, for the story I wrote for the post as well. Uh, this is this is who he is now. He's he's willing to be more patient. Um, even when he got himself into a lot of trouble in that second round, where Holland actually did hurt him, yeah. and yet somehow he lost the round because he really didn't do that much from that point on. And Brunson was able to to take the round back uh, with his work on the ground. Yeah, he got hurt, survived it, threw him on the ground, and stayed there. He was looking for that uh, that arm triangle. He had an arm triangle. Yeah, I don't know if it was all that close, but it was enough. It's hard to say if it was that close, but it. I mean, it was he enough. He only had it locked in. 
like I said, it was enough. He got by and, and won the round. So you are definitely not impressed with Derek Brunson at all. I mean, it it was a fight. I mean, will I go rewatch it again? No. Uh, no. Is it a top win for him? I I don't think it's that big of a win. I think he deserves better competition. And I, I don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's time he he's taken enough of these guys on the rise. I don't think he should be continued to be booked as the stepping stone. He's the one that that's winning. So let him do a fight that that where he can show off all his skills. So I don't know if this you is know, the fight for that. The interesting thing about Derek Brunson is if you look at his wins and losses over you know the last several years of his career, he's only lost to guys who have either been the middleweight champion or Jacare, who has been a middleweight contender for just about a decade. And now he's obviously on the, you know, starting to fall off a little bit. But for most of the decade and during the time that he was fighting Brunson, the two times, very much one of the top middleweights in the world. So he really only, I mean, people people kind of sign this gatekeeper label to Brunson. If he's a gatekeeper, he's a gatekeeper to the very, very top, not just some sort of, you know, oh, I guess he can fight. Well, he's, he's a gatekeeper because he's being booked as a gatekeeper. He is being booked as a gatekeeper, but 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 the point being, like, if you can beat him, that says that you very much are one of the best middleweights in the world, or you were. Yeah, and and now it's time for him to get a top five opponent. Most of them are booked. I so I, I want to see Paulo Costa. You know, I, I doubt we see Costa Whitaker uh, since that got replaced with Whitaker and Gastelum. And yeah, I think I think you could do Costa here. I think potentially what happens in Marvin Vittori's fight, you could book him together. Yeah, I, I guess you, you could wait to see what happens there. But also, Jan, uh, Jared Cannonier doesn't have a match yet, so maybe he's an. He's option. coming off a loss, though. I don't. I don't know if that's the right booking. I don't. I mean, he's still up there. I'd be okay with. It. I'd rather him see Costa, but I think for me, it would be either Costa or Vittori is in the UFC's proprietary rankings. Vittori is ahead of Brunson, so even that would be a step up if if Vittori is able to win his next fight. Yeah. Uh, they they were kind of saying that's going to be the tournament to see who fights Izzy next. And it makes sense. I mean, these are two guys who've both lost to Adesanya before. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't you can't give Brunson title shot off this fight. So No, definitely not. Not a chance. I don't know who really should be fighting Adesanya next. They yeah, they're not sure of what's going on with that. So What about Holland though? Where does he go? I want to see him fight uh Bilal Muhammad. I I, I think 170 is the weight class for him. Seemed to be like he wanted to go that way. I know Muhammad wants to fight Edwards, but I don't really think that's going to happen. So no, I don't. I don't see that one happening, and I don't really think we need to. I don't think Edwards necessarily earned a title shot that he didn't already have. I think he realistically could have given Edwards a title shot before that fight, but now it's almost harder to give it to him because he lost. Yeah, you don't have to give him. Excuse me, because he had that uh, that no contest. I mean, you don't have to give him a title shot, but. He also only took that fight because he wants to fight. I mean, he didn't. No, I get it. So hey, I spoke to him about it, and, and that's what he told me. <laughs> so pretty I, much. I think Muhammad versus Holland makes perfect sense. I, th- I think even Holland coming in unranked at 170, Muhammad, if he wins, he moves up. So I think it works for both guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with it. I, I definitely would be okay with him going to middleweight, or excuse me, going to welterweight. I don't know that him going to welterweight is just going to make him be a potential champion there if he I don't is think getting so taken down here he's probably still going to get taken down by Kamara Usman yeah uh or by Colby Covington uh I'll, I'll tell you what a fun fight actually would be though Kevin Holland against Jorge Masvidal yeah I mean 
that would just would... be an interesting fight. I, I, I'm not saying that he would step in and actually get that fight next, but I hope that we do get to see that at some point. Yeah, that would be a great fight, except the way Masvidal's being booked right now, it's like he's just getting huge title fights uh, off losses. Well, he, he's reached so, that status. He, he is now right. trying to, I think, replicate the the Nate Diaz career path, which is I'm only going to fight when you give me a title fight or a top fight like that, and you're going to pay me a lot of money. Well, he should come and back some from like Masvidal, who fought for many, many, many years in several organizations and everything. I guess I kind of get it. He's definitely near the end. No, I agree. I just don't think he has any shot in these fights. Um, if he stays at 185, though, I mean, I think someone like Brad Tavares makes sense, even though, like you said, they're coming off a loss versus a guy coming off a win. I really wish that they held off on booking Shabazian and didn't book Holland versus Brunson and did Shabazian and Holland. I think that would have been a fun fight, but they didn't do that. Could have, should have. Yeah. I think, actually, I do. If something happens, which in this world, very possible in the Hermanson-Shabazian fight, I think Kevin Holland will probably get the first call. Yeah, I'd like to see him against either one of them. That'd be fun. So, And and I think he's he's the type to take a short notice fight. He is not a big middleweight at all. He's, always, he's already talking about going to 170 because he's fought there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's the type of guy that you could probably call him on a week's notice and be like, yeah, I'll take it. I can get there, <laughs> which is good. I mean, the UFC likes those. I guys like that and, part and about him. I, I mean, yes, I know you do. So <laughs> the willy, but the willy nilliness that it that it comes off to me as I, I don't really care for, but willy it's his. Yeah, like oh, it's just a fight. Uh, just this. I, like, just uh, I just I just like that word. Yeah, willy but... smack you silly. <laughs> that is my name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I think both guys have a lot of options. You can, but as the only option for Brunson would be top five. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a lot of like there's almost a billion things you can do with Holland. And I think with Brunson, there's only a few things you can do. Uh, He's limited to just a very few select people ahead of him. No one below him and not the title. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, why don't we talk about let's get into, you know, the the three rounds that we actually have to discuss tonight. Two of which are 10 eights, one of which came uh, as part of a fight that ended early. And, you know, we'll treat that as kind of like a quick lightning round later. But let's start with the one round in Brunson Holland where the judges did disagree. And that was just a 10, eight watch around here. So round one, we had from Sal D'Amato and Junichiro Camillo. They gave it to Brunson 10, nine and Mike Bell gave this a 10, eight for Brunson. What did you think of that? I see a 10, nine. I, I really struggle to find a 10, eight. Okay. Uh, Why? I just didn't think Brunson did much. I don't, I don't find damage there's no diminishing blows I, I don't find dominance and and i so then duration's automatically out so i mean i i, I don't find any d's here so i don't know if duration's automatically out i think he had well he's on top know, he's on top but, on the ground for the duration of the round i believe that's kind of where that you get that number you know what i, I know mean? but he's not he's not doing any damage during that duration he's not doing any dominance during that duration so he's not landing big shots he's landing but yeah, I mean, there's not as many as I would like. I I struggle to find this as a ten eight as well. Um, I think it's not the most offensive ten eight that I've seen. But yeah, I I definitely don't see it that strongly here. I would just s- because it was on the ground, you know. I mean, no attempts to pass. Really, it was just content staying there. No attempt to finish the fight. I struggle there, but maybe something in that slip early. It looks like maybe he got hit with a big shot. Perhaps I I don't think he did. 
but I guess maybe from a certain angle you can say maybe he maybe Holland got rocked. I don't know if that's necessarily it. I mean, I, I'm just there, trying to find things. What I always try to remember is that because we're not in the chair, we're not hearing the impact of some of the strikes. So what if some of the things that are landing from Brunson seem more impactful to Mike Bell because he has that feedback that you and I don't? It's I, possible. I mean, I guess. But I, yeah, I, I didn't I, see it. I, you know, I watch at home and I see a 10-9, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the worst 10-8 I've ever seen. I don't think at all. all right. But I don't get the sense that this is a 10-8 a that we would see very often from most judges. And I think the fact that uh, D'Amato and Camillo gave this one a 10-9, I think that speaks to that too. Yeah. But then the other 10-8, because we're done with this fight. Uh, the, only, the only round, by the way, that Kevin Holland won in this one was round five. I actually thought really quick that round three could have gone to kevin holland from the bottom yeah but all three judges saw that one as a brunson right yeah i'm with you on that it was you know it was close enough i i don't you know i don't argue it when all three judges see it one way that tells me that there's something i'm not knowing right and i just try to you know give the benefit of the doubt right yeah oh usually yeah but uh but yeah so that that was that was just uh you know my two cents on that round um but yeah round five was the only one that the judges saw for Kevin Holland. They saw that one unanimously. So yeah, the other 10-8 watch round we have was in Montserrat Conejo getting the unanimous nod over Cheyenne Bays. And it was two 29-28s and a 29-27. Round one is our split 10-8 here. So one judge, Brian Miner, gave a 10-8 to Conejo here. And it was Bell and Camillo that saw this one as a 10-9. What'd you see, sir? I thought this was a almost a clear ten eight. I thought it was a pretty solid ten eight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she was in a in a scarf hole or a case of Gatami for like four and a half minutes. That's a dominant position. So every time Bays tried to get out, it seemed like it was just a desperation attempt to get out. She had no and answer. She's for landing it. throughout too. It's not big shots, but she's landing a lot. She kept punching her in the face. Uh, yeah, like you said, they weren't they were much more than pitter patter, but they weren't heavy shots. Um. And not much coming back at her. Not really anything coming back at her. So that's well, the an- funny thing is, if you look at the uh, the UFC stats on this one, and you know, again, we take these with a grain of salt. This is just something that you know is some extra information to kind of interpret what happened. Total strikes: Conejo landed fifty-two, and Bays landed six. But if you look at significant strikes, whatever, as as I like to poke fun at, what's an insignificant strike? Uh, but for whatever they consider to be a significant strike in the UFC. All of Bay's six strikes were considered significant, and only two of 52 from Conejo were considered significant. So take that, that for what it is. That must have been the stand-up exchange right before she got thrown on her back because Bay's landed a couple decent ones there. Yeah, Bay's landed five of her uh, six significant strikes from the standing position, one from the clinch, uh, and then the other two. Those they Basically, they considered everything that Conejo landed on the ground to be uh, what I, again, like what I call insignificant strikes. Just yeah, I mean, they were more than pitter-patter shots, so. They were more than pitter-patter shots. I think, I mean, if you're in that position for almost the entire round, there's grappling dominance there. If you are getting pounded on for almost the entire round, even if it's small shots like this, I I see that as as reason to go for a, a solid 10-8 on this one. It's It's not high damage, but you have dominance and duration. I think you've got two D's there. You can consider it, sure. Um, 
you know, the question is the fact that damage is missing. Like, in it, you know, we won't necessarily look at this as a high damage round, right? No, it's not a high damage round, but it's... So that being said, I think it, you get the sense that judges do kind of want to find damage more often. I know, but it's, it's just such a domination. Like, she couldn't get out. She had no answer yeah. for it. And she got Robin Ventura. I mean, <laughs> that mine, is quite a callback, sir. Minus the bloody nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Shout out to Nolan Ryan. <laughs> I think it's. I thought it was a, a pretty solid ten eight. I, I, you know, it was kind of weird. Like, so why, why did Derek Brunson get a ten eight, but, uh, but Kaneo didn't? Yeah, so. I, I'm wondering about that too, especially because it is, it is coming from the same judge in Mike Bell, yeah, who so. gave you know a ten, uh, ten nine in this round, but a ten eight in the other one. So I'm a little perplexed by that too. I'm sure again, he had, he must have had his he reasons. Has reasons, that, you know. yeah. But yeah, for me, I would definitely favor. Uh, Brian Miner's assessment here, and since you do too, we call that a catch that override. <laughs> but what do we know? Yeah, we're just a bunch of idiots. We are. We're untrained idiots, as I like to say. I mean, I don't like to call us idiots, but we're definitely untrained. But really, the only other round we have, and I don't think we have to spend too much time on this one, is uh, the first round of Grant Dawson's third round KO of leonardo santos which he got with one second left in the third round so it didn't even matter what happened in this first round right but it was split so let's get into it what did you see here real real quick i came home i had an airport run to make and i just got okay. home and i turned it on during the third round and i'm like i didn't even watch the rest of this some you know i ran to the kitchen to do something and i just heard on the tv oh my god he did it he did or some whatever they were yelling i ran back to see that crazy knockout so Okay. It's like, right, I guess I got to watch this whole fight now. Well, it was a good fight. Yeah. Definitely an interesting fight. Um, And I was, you know, I would say round one was reasonably close. Mm, I thought it was pretty clear for Santos, to be honest. You do? Hmm. I don't think it was all that close. I mean. No, I, I actually thought it was reasonably close. I thought you can you can make argument for Grant. I, uh, I'm Yeah, for Dawson. For Dawson, yeah. Grant uh, Dawson. I mean, I thought Santos was just better everywhere on the whole. Good leg kicks, good punches, the high impact throw. I mean, he didn't do much from it, but still scores pretty good. I so. did think he won the round. I, I favored him here. I gave him the round 10-9 on my unofficial and untrained scorecard. Uh, but I, I I really do think this was a closer round than you're saying. I mean, Grant lands that one big overhand that kind of stumbled Santos. But other than that, nothing really else kind of stuck out. And I thought Santos' leg kicks were solid. I mean, Dawson was getting spun around landing good punches off the counter really thought he was the better offensive fighter yeah i mean i agree but ultimately uh it didn't go that way of course and it didn't even matter now the funny thing about this one because he again dawson gets the win with with one second left in the fight because he pours it on at the very end someone else pointed this out i want to say it was dan stup the former editor of the athletic who pointed this out on twitter that as much as he is a proponent of open scoring if we had open scoring for this one, we don't get this finish. Are we sure of that? I, I would say almost definitely because I think there was a lot of groupthink that Dawson needed to win the round to win the fight. That he was either behind or that it was tied. Okay. So if he still needed to win the round, he would still do the same thing because he has to win the but round. But if we had open scoring, he wouldn't have needed the third round. So are we saying this is a case where he would have coasted? 
maybe not necessarily coasted, but is he going to take risks and open up and try to get that finish at the end? Or is he just going to let the clock run out? I don't know, but it is worth asking. I don't know. I'd be chasing a bonus. Well, I mean, a lot of people would, but I don't know. It's it certainly begs the question. Again, I am in favor of open scoring, and, and so is uh, so is Dan Stepp, as he said. But I I would have to agree. I think something like this, you wouldn't get this finish necessarily. I think it changes the the calculus. It changes the calculus of every round where you have open scoring. But if his if his coaches are telling, him, listen, we're winning the fight. Don't take any crazy risks. You know, maybe we maybe get... he doesn't. Maybe he does. But that that's what can happen out of that situation. Or maybe we get a crazy finish the other way because he knows he has to finish. That could be. Maybe we get that from from uh, Leonardo Santos, but I don't know if he had as much left in him at this point. I don't know. I think that's t- that's a tough one. I think it's I think it's an interesting question. I think there's other fights where you'd actually get more interesting finishes, but I think this is probably one of those fights that people who are against open scoring could point to and be like, "See, we wouldn't get this," and I'd be like, "All right, granted." Cherry pickers. Well, that's what people do. <laughs> But yeah, that was it. Every everything else from the judges uh, was aces. I mean, they didn't have as many rounds to score. We didn't have a ton of fights, and we had some finishes. Um, but overall, what was the number sixteen out of nineteen rounds? I believe. Is that how many rounds we had? Nineteen total. I, I believe so. I think I tweeted about it last night. I'm going to double check. Yeah, with nineteen rounds scored, only sixteen or sixteen of them were unanimous among all the other fights. And we just had these rounds that, you know, realistically, they're not they're not crazy rounds, I don't think. And and certainly nothing uh, that would have impacted the result of a fight. So, um, you know, shout out to the judges. I think they did a great job two weeks in a row. Now, I would say the judges did a really great job, yeah, really, like, like like an above and beyond job. Really solid night of scoring mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. So good job, judges. We'll see if it carries over into next weekend when we got the title fight and, and only one title fight. We lost the other one. We lost the other title fight. That's shame. Yeah, Alexander Volkanovsky uh, is a victim of COVID protocols. Uh, it seems like someone in his team, whether it was him or Brad Riddell, because Brad Riddell was pulled from this fight too, someone from uh, the city kickboxing crew seems to have been uh, quarantined and that domino affected everybody else. So that one against Brian Ortega, the featherweight title fight, is gone for Saturday. Yep, they're going to redo it some other time. I don't know when, but... Yeah, they'll rebook so, it, I, and I, I would hope they'll do it sooner than later because Volkanovski is, you know, he lives halfway across the world. I don't think he wants to wait forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he wants to go home, no. and it's not easy <laughs> to go home to that part of the world. Yeah, I'm sure they, they could find a May card, maybe early June. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe they're able to figure it out for, for the April card. Yeah, if, yeah, if he recovers quick enough, sure. Uh, what, are they not going to try and stick that on the uh, they, yeah, they the do. Jacksonville card in April? I don't see why not. They very they very well could, mm-hmm. but we did have six finishes, which uh, was awesome. Yes, plenty of finishes, always nice. What was your favorite? Tai Tuivasa, uh, giving a very unfriendly welcome to Harry Hunsucker, finishing Doing it exactly what heavyweights are supposed yeah. to do: get it done quick. Yeah, finished in forty nine seconds. You landed a huge calf kick early, which I thought was like, okay, this guy's done already because that hurt really bad. Which I thought yeah. opened up the head, and then next thing we know, knockout. So. Or TKO. But what? Uh, what was your favorite? Max Griffin. The the uh, moved up co-main event after Riddell's fight fell mm-hmm. through against uh, Gregor Gillespie. Uh, I mean, he just put the pounding on <laughs> Song Kinan. It really looked like the knockout came out of nowhere. I was like, well, I mean, it's sort of. Oh my like, god, kind of did, but it kind of didn't because, like, I mean, he lands. He really turns the tide very quickly, and then and then it's quickly over. 
right? I think that's what you're saying, basically. I, I'm, so. say, I'm saying I didn't expect a knockout off that strike. Well, he had set it up. He, I mean, he obviously had Keenan hurt pretty bad. Like, he, he backs him up pretty well. And then he lands, what is it? He kind of lands a little bit of a left and then another right, right through. And that just flattens him down. Yeah, it just didn't. Ex- I Dropped didn't, him like a sack of potatoes. From my from my view or my viewpoint, I just didn't. I was like, oh, wow, you knocked him out cold with that. I didn't expect that. Yeah. That well, he got it, and and honestly, that was that was definitely my favorite of the night. It was it was a really good job by Max Payne, uh, who stole yeah, his <laughs> his nickname from a classic video game series. Yeah, except he spells it pain like normal pain. Well, obviously, I guess that's okay. There's copyright infringement involved here, sir. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think that matters. I mean, what was it? Kurt Pellegrino was Batman, right? Was he really? I think that wasn't that his nickname. I mean, I don't doubt it, but. <laughs> He was indeed Batman. Big old Batman. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing I would say about going by the nickname Batman is you're already outing yourself as the crime fighter, and that's not a secret identity. That's like a very open identity. Yeah, a yeah. bad job, Kurt Bellagrino. You yeah. you got to do a better job. If you're if you're the actual superhero known as Batman, don't tell us. Yeah, are you a billionaire? He can't say that. His taxes would. Well, yeah. We, we don't need to get into a, a whole thing about getting people's taxes, right? No. I don't want to pay them. Yeah, taxes are no fun. Don't worry. Mike Perry doesn't pay them. He doesn't think he has to. Good on him. I'm with him. I'll defend <laughs> that forever. Good luck with that. All right, we're done. Not too much to talk about this uh, this episode, but maybe next week we will after the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, we'll see you again on Friday. I will have more energy then. I will too. It is uh, very late in the evening, and I just worked a lot, and so did you. So let's uh, let's put this to bed. Yeah. Night, everybody. <laughs> or see you later. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>